On today's episode of the podcast, we'll be talking about the very first book in the Boxcar Children series. My name is Kelly, and I'm a public librarian rereading all the childhood and teen year classics and talking about them here on Reading Rewind. Well, welcome back, everybody. So for this month's episode of the podcast, I thought I would revisit the Boxcar Children. This was one that I went to over and over in my elementary school years. I really got into the plot, loved the kids, loved the book, and decided I would reread it now as an adult and see if it was one that held up for me as far as nostalgia goes and the storyline. The Boxcar Children was written by Gertrude Chandler Warner, and it's actually almost 100 years old now. It was first published in 1924, and when I was doing a little research about the author, I didn't know much about her, and I discovered that she was actually a teacher. And a lot of times, she would get the ideas for her books and her plots when she was at home on sick leave or recovering from an accident, and that is where she first came up with the idea of the boxcar children. If you never read the boxcar children, here's just a little bit about the book and the characters in the book. So they follow these four siblings throughout the series, Henry, Jesse, Violet, and Benny, and they are actually orphans. And they have lots of adventures together, they solve some mysteries, but in the first book, they are actually looking for a place to live because they want to stay together as a family. For some reason, they don't like their grandfather, they don't trust him, so they're hiding from him even though they really ought to be going to his house for him to take care of. And there's just some suspicion about him. It doesn't sound like they know him hardly at all, so I'm not sure where that came in. It's never really explained, at least in the first book. But um, they are written by Gertrude Chandler Warner, like I mentioned before. And she wrote 19 books in the series before she passed away, and then someone else picked them up. In total, there are around 150 books in the series, so she did not write the majority of them. Like many children's series and even adult series, it seems like someone takes over after the author dies or retires, or sometimes they lose the rights to their books and they'll have ghostwriters but still use that original author's name. And an interesting fact about these as well, in 2020, the first book in this series, which is the one we're talking about today, it went into the public domain. So, like I said, it's almost 100 years old. It was published in 1924, so in 2024 it will be 100. And it's still one of those books that's on the shelf that kids read today. And there's even a Boxcar Children Museum. It's in Putnam, Connecticut located across the street from Warner's old childhood home, and they've housed it in a 1920s railroad boxcar, which is really neat and unique. 
and the museum's dedicated to her life and work and it has the original signed books plus some photos and things from her life and career um, as a teacher. Alright, so let's jump into the book a little bit and talk about my feelings that I was having as I reread The Boxcar Children. Um, initially, I found it kind of slow and hard to get into. Unlike the other two titles that I've read this year so far for Reading Rewind, this one didn't grab me like it did when I was a kid. I could definitely feel it was written for a younger audience, and sometimes that doesn't matter, but in this case it was just too low of a reading level and maybe a little too simplified for me now that I'm adult to really capture my attention. And I had a lot of questions that did not occur to me as a kid. So the siblings are orphans. It really doesn't explain what happened to their parents. I'd kind of like to know how they became orphans. Maybe that happens later on in the series. I probably won't read any more of those to find out. But it's very odd that there would be four siblings who were orphaned and they would just be allowed to go out into the world and find a place to live on their own. I know that the government is probably a little bit more involved now with child welfare than they were at that time, but you have to think that there would have been a funeral for the parents. They act like they don't know their grandfather and that's who they were supposed to go live with. And I just find some of those details a little odd and maybe holes in the plot that, that make this book not really very realistic. And as I was doing some research about the books, it's interesting to note that um, she was kind of criticized back when these books were published because she did depict children in these stories that did not hardly have any parentals around. They were not really supervised. And even some librarians felt that recommending these books to kids might encourage children to rebel against their parents and go out and try to live their life a different way than maybe their parent wanted them to. That's really interesting to me. And I found that her response was children liked it for that reason. She liked to tell everyone that criticized her their independence and resourcefulness and their solid New England devotion was ma using makeup situations and making do with what they had. So she took that criticism with a grain of salt. She stayed true to what she believed in with her writing and it didn't really seem to bother her too much at least from the little snippets that I found on the internet about her. So in addition to that strange part of the plot, I also did not really care for Benny very much. I found him to be kind of annoying. It seems like the siblings think he's very charming, but there was just something about him that really, really annoyed me in the books, and I kind of didn't want to read anything about him. The other two, the older kids, Henry and Jesse, were probably my favorite. But, I don't know, Benny just kind of annoyed me, 
and I didn't really care too much for the the other little sister Violet either. Um, one thing I noticed, the dog was a strange twist as well, and the dog was sold to someone, and it got away from that person, and then whenever they were reunited with their grandpa, which is near the end, the dog was supposed to be given back to this lady, and I just thought that this was very convoluted, and I just, I don't know if it would, if a kid would understand this plot point or not. I certainly don't remember that from when I read it as a child, but I do remember the dog, so I don't know. I just think it, it may be a little too outdated and old-fashioned for kids today to really grasp onto, but it is a very wholesome book, so I could see a lot of families um, wanting their kids to read this instead of maybe like Captain Underpants, where there's some gross and rude humor. Something else that kind of struck me as different or weird was the whole boxcar thing itself. So at the end of the very first book in the series, they go live with their grandpa. And I'm left wondering, how does the boxcar play into the rest of the series? I'm sure, if I remember correctly, they move it there. I don't quite remember what happens. But there's got to be a reason why it's the boxcar children. They can't just be in the boxcar in the first book. They must somehow go back to the boxcar in later books in this series. Or it just wouldn't make sense with that title. Um, I don't know if I want to pick up another book. But if you've read any more in the series and you have some insight for me on that one... Let me know in the comments on this episode because I'd like to know where that boxcar comes into play later on because I genuinely don't remember and I have other books that I think I'd rather read before continuing the series. I don't really have too much more to add about these books so it's going to be a little bit shorter of an episode this month. And as I wrap up, I thought I would just go back to Gertrude Chandler Warner a little bit. Um, she died in the late 70s, and I just thought it was very notable to mention that um, she really took pride in her work. She liked to tell her stories in a simple way, and she wanted it to embolden new readers. And when she did die in 1979, this article on the American Writers Museum says that hundreds and hundreds of kids all across the United States wrote letters to her publisher requesting that there be more adventures. So that is how the series continued on because the kids loved it so much. They wrote to the publisher and they decided to continue her legacy long after her death. Like I said before, there are over 140 titles in the series. She wrote the first 19 herself, and um, other authors picked it up. There were spin-offs, movies, and graphic novels, and these books have even been updated for today's readers, although I found a copy from um, the original 
1924 version. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I definitely enjoyed reading the book again and talking to you about the boxcar children. And I'm really excited about next month's book. I'm not going to spoil it, but there is a movie coming out and I thought I would reread another one of my beloved children's titles and tie the podcast next month to the forthcoming movie. So maybe you can guess what it is, but if not, stay tuned and listen next month. Thank you for your support and keep on reading and I'd love to hear suggestions for things that you think I should read. Take care. Thanks for listening. And this has been Reading Rewind.